From Mueller to Smollett to Brexit? What is the theme of this week's news? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I am, uh, I was on last night filling in for Aram. That was super fun. And we started a conversation that uh, I, I, don't feel that we finished. I want to talk later on in the show about these red flag laws, laws that are designed to confiscate guns from people uh, if there's a red flag thrown that they may be about to blow, as Lindsey Graham says. Now, that is a it, it's it's coming from the Republicans And as a wise caller once told me, it'll take a Republican to enforce gun control because you're too sensitized to the Democrats trying to do it. And I feel like this partisanship is getting increasingly uh, both intense on the one hand, but meaningless on the other. I saw an an article from Peggy Noonan. I didn't read the article. I just found the headline and the sub Headline, really interesting to me. This was, I think, from Thursday's Wall Street Journal. The headline was, the two Americas have grown much fiercer. The U.S. was divided 46 years ago, but no one saw it as a fight to the death. 46 years ago was when Nixon beat, uh, was it McGovern, in a landslide. And when I see that, it's interesting to me because... Funny enough, Nixon, in my mind, was, I mean, he opened up China. He instituted price and wage controls. Like, this guy wasn't what conservatives like to think of Republicans as being. But the, and I feel like today, the lines, they feel like they're more sharply drawn. But in fact, I feel like we're converging into the welfare warfare super state from both directions, you see these just blockbusting deficits from Trump and uh, the debt that's out of control and nobody's talking about. You hear about uh, Elliot Abrams intervene, leading the charge in our covert efforts to topple the government of Venezuela, and you don't really hear convincing pushback from the left. So really... I feel like Obama silenced the anti-war left and Trump is silencing the fiscal conservative right. And both neither parties, neither people will seriously defend at all costs the Bill of Rights, for example. But this idea of a divided country and this this left-right battle to the death as Peggy Noonan suggests, it's what there's a lot of evidence of this. It, to me, it's gratuitous conflict. And the evidence is all this talk about the deep state being Obama holdovers. Now, the deep state is a very important concept because what it's talking about is the state, the apparatus of control that lies behind the bureaucracy, behind the steady state of government that lies outside of the parties, outside of the elections. 
by attributing all this to Obama holdovers, you neutralize the term. And language is tricky like that. You neutralize the term, you might be neutralizing the concept. So there are, so I see a lot of topics that make it look like there's a real fight going on. But what it plays into is this thing called the dialectic, which a lot of people are familiar with and a lot of people aren't. But the dialectic, I've talked about it many times. I always try to explain it because just briefly, because people, uh, it's like a, a, a term that's not used enough for people to really understand it in their souls. But it's this idea of a problem, a reaction and a solution, or a thesis, an antithesis, and a synthesis. So they they give you or they spin or they manufacture or whatever a problem. And then people will react to that and you'll get uh, a policy suggested. One of the biggest things that I'm seeing today that plays into that is the Mueller report, the Mueller probe. Bill Barr, the attorney general, a deep state guy, just like Robert Mueller. We've talked about this on the show before. These people have very deep state. They are not fall on the sword constitutionalists. They're not even really, I think, party guys so much as deep state actors who work for powers that want central control and don't care if it's Democrat or liberal. So Bill Barr put out a report, a summary of the Mueller report, saying uh, Mueller concluded that Trump was not colluding with Russia in Russia's efforts to undermine the election through social media manipulation, computer hacking, all this stuff. The first the first paragraph of or the first uh, issue addressed by Barr in that summary of the Mueller report, it just lays out there that there's all sorts of Russian interference in our election. And if you listen to right wing radio, that which I'm sure you do, I do, that they talk about Russia has been interfering with our politics and our election since before you were born. So they are assuming, stipulating that that is the problem. And then everyone on both sides can agree that that problem needs to be addressed. And how are they going to address that problem? They're going to address that problem by strictly regulating social media and therefore political speech and controlling elections. But I think there's another dialectic at work here, and I see it also in the Smollett case, is now, after the Mueller report is out, people are coming back with, the Republicans are saying, see, uh, this guy's bad. The Democrats, the deep state Democrats, have controlled this process. We need to get the good FBI to look into what the Democrats were up to. And they're saying the same thing about Smollett. We need the good FBI, or the good law enforcement to investigate the bad law enforcement that let Smollett go. So there's all this factionalization and conflict among law enforcement. And I think there is a, a very big, important, fundamental problem with this or goal that they're after. I believe that what they're trying to do is 
give us a is to make us feel like the system is broken, that there's a fundamental problem and there needs to be a radical solution, maybe a drain the swamp kind of solution. But it reminds me of uh, an interview we've talked about before. We've played clips of it, of Michael Chertoff, who used to be the Department of Homeland Security's secretary, whatever, the head of that said what he thinks we need for the 21st century is for Congress to sit down and fundamentally restructure our legal architecture. <laughs> and that, to me, is, is such a scary thing. And the, and the idea is we are in unprecedented times with unprecedented problems. My argument is that the American experiment's greatness post-Enlightenment was that it took 10,000 years of human civilization and trial and error and philosophizing and analysis of fundamental rights and what what individual liberty means. And it came up with a system, plus through common law, through actually resolving issues. And it came up with a system that that either thinks of everything or leaves open conflict resolution through common law or whatever, where you can address all of these issues. And so, so many of the things that you're seeing, like the red flag laws are saying, Oh, we need a law to make sure that law enforcement can take your guns away. If you're mentally ill, because nobody wants people with mental illness to have guns, but there are actually the, the example that's cited is Parkland. There are that kid in Parkland who's accused of this killing spree. What, there were laws that would have gotten him uh, incarcerated, disarmed. They just weren't enforced. So they're telling us that the law is fundamentally broken and needs this kind of totalitarian overlay. Or fundamental liberties need to be compromised. That's what they talk about. Like Lindsey Graham said, every right has limits. Like I don't think the right to self-defense, an innocent person's right to self-defense, has limits. So they're trying to convince us that. And then and I even see Brexit folding into it because if you're following that at all, they had a referendum that people did and they want Britain to leave the EU. And I, from the beginning, questioned whether that was ever really going to happen. But the way it's failing is the parliamentary process, the prime minister, all that stuff. They're not working right. They can't resolve this conflict. The system is broken. And the more examples, the more the bigger a deal that's made of these failures. I mean, the Jesse Smollett case is a very minor case, no matter which way you look at it. Every It's even called a minor case. Yet the FBI wants to investigate how local law enforcement handled that and it's just it's they're making a big deal of it because they want it to stick in your mind because they want to use it for a bigger issue a bigger policy agenda so let's i know that's a lot of stuff and it's deep and heavy but i know you can handle it so let's Let's talk about it. What do you think is really going on in the Smollett thing? Do you think that Mueller should be investigated? Uh, do you think this is all just what you see is what you get? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 
I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturday afternoons. And we are talking, I've got a big topic here, but uh, I'm open to all viewpoints. I want to talk about when, when you hear these stories, Smollett, Mueller, when you hear these stories and they get so much attention and they're so drama oriented and they're so personality oriented. And then you hear things like, uh, we have a $23 trillion national debt and nobody's talking about that. Or uh, Lindsey Graham wants to pass red flag laws that further encroach on the Second Amendment. Uh, you don't the policy issues don't get the kind of coverage. But I think that these dramas serve a few purposes, specifically Mueller and Smollett. I'm going to talk about more of that at the bottom of the hour. But I want to know what you think the real purpose of these stories are. Mueller and Smollett, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, but any anything that's relevant to our conversation, I'm happy to hear. I'm going to go to Arthur in Stone Mountain. Hi, Arthur. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hey. Yeah, to the Russian meddling, I think that's extremely hypocritical. Uh, Obama spent taxpayer money to affect, you know, the outcome of the Russian elections. Putin won. Um, so we don't. It, to me, it's just a joke. That is a total joke. Anyway, yeah. um, do you know, know countries have been meddling in the affairs of other countries for hundreds, you know, who knows how long, thousands of years, probably. Anyway, that was yeah, it. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Arthur. I I would. It's a good point, and I would add, if you dig into, I've done numerous shows on this back, back a couple of years ago when it was in the news every day about our involvement in overturning the democratically elected government of the Ukraine, similarly in Egypt, Venezuela. I mean, I know people don't want to admit that you can have a, uh, a pure socialist system that's voted up by democracy it's one of my objections to democracy as long if the if the haves are in a minority even if it's just 49 percent and the have-nots uh resent it they can institute any form of injustice through the democratic process however we act like democracy is the objective good and that we would never violate it and then that's when you start getting into american exceptionalism where we are an exception to these rules that we hold other people so firm to. And I would say there are other countries who are much more involved in our politics than Russia. Russia really doesn't even have the resources, I think, to make the kind of impact it would take to to sway our election. But even most important is that the only Russian bot that we've actually been proven exists was actually a front of a Democratic operative, New Knowledge, the company that wrote the the report on Russian bots for the Senate. People are always shocked when I say that. It's absolutely in evidence. Read it in the New York Times and the Washington Post. What you're not doing is hearing about it around the clock on Fox, where you should be hearing about it. Uh, so let's let's dig into it a little bit more at the bottom of the hour. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. I have been, we were talking about, I try to take a different approach to the news of the week. It would drive you crazy, really, if you had to do what I do, which is like read the news constantly. The the big mainstream 
the big headlines because that is the important stuff, but it's not usually important for the reason they're telling you it's important. And if, if you, it, I believe that most of it for all of it, I'm talking 24 seven cable news. So if you're flipping from Fox to CNN, I think that basically everything you're getting there is propaganda and that, that it's, and you can tell because it's the same stuff over and over again until you get the message they're trying to tell you. And it all it all starts with a basic assumption of what the story is. And this it plays into the dialectic, which has a few purposes, I think. So the dialectic is where there's a problem and then a reaction to the problem and then a solution. The thesis, antithesis, and, and synthesis. If you if you don't question the nature of the problem, you're a victim to being a reactor to the problem, and then you're open to the policy solution. So the idea of Parkland, the problem was we didn't have the laws in place to just – for the government to be able to act unilaterally to take your guns away. And so, and then people say, well, the government shouldn't take your guns away. And other people say they should. But then you have a policy answer. The fact is the laws were in place that could have prevented that. But nobody really digs in. Same thing with the Mueller investigation. They're saying, well, Russian interference, did Trump collude? No, he didn't. And then the left and right start fighting. But everybody on left and right officially accepts the premise that Russia was interfering in our election, which I don't think there's evidence for that. Nobody's giving me evidence for that. They're just accepting it. And there is evidence that Russian bots were Democratic operatives. But so so the underlying thing is that they tell you what the problem is and and they can either spin a real problem or even create problems. That's when I go deep. But my uh, producer Binkley and sidekick here is uh, you. You you say this is Gad, What was your reaction to that when you heard that? Well, it reminds me of something called agenda-setting theory, which is a social science theory that says that the media controls what people think about and how important they think those issues are. Yes, and I, I feel like the Overton window – are you familiar with that expression? Yes. Yeah, so the Overton window is where it's the theory that uh, you can't take a political position outside of – whatever let's call it, two standard deviations away from the mean position so yeah. you can't get that so i always thought that that might be an explanation for why ron paul was a strict libertarian spreading the ideology didn't care if he won or not and then rand paul he actually said that rand paul i think possibly took the position well that doesn't you can try that but it clearly did not win so i have to move into the overton window in order to move the overton window Towards the more liberty-oriented position. Right. And people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Green New Deal try and stretch and move that Overton window with these kind of outrageous to proposals. Yes, of course. Right. So so that's – so people ask me what was Bernie's why, – why was Bernie there? Because I, I don't think Bernie really – I think they – I think this politics, like at that level, is is a is theater. I don't really think like when you see Bernie pissed off at Hillary and the DNC. I think that's acting. So like, politics are acting for whatever. 
ugly people, they say. <laughs> so I hate words like that. I'll use vulgarity, but I hate name calling. So, uh, so I think that that and that his goal, his purpose was to move the Overton window to the left, and she's a follower of his. So I, mm-hmm. I buy that. Uh, and then somebody like Biden is there to show you how, and and when when AOC said that Lieberman who dat who dis whatever, that's to show you how how infertile how dead, the previous mean was. Yeah. The previous metal was is is not fertile anymore. So you've got to abandon that. Those are guys who are put there to look uh, outdated. That old Overton window is just too far to the. Yeah, and, and Joe Biden certainly accomplishes that. <laughs> yes, he certainly does. He is the he is the straw man to be knocked down by a a uh, puppet of intersectionality. So I'm going to go to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Isaac. Hey, Isaac, so I'm you're gonna on go with Monica. To the phones, oh, you got to turn your radio off, Isaac. <laughs> Should I put you on hold? Yes, with I me. am. Isaac. How are you? Good. How are you doing? You're on the air. Bring oh, it. I'm so blessed. Anyway, the point I'd like to make, first of all, is... is America, this is a republic and not a democracy. Your second president of the United States, John Adams, does quote, there has never been, nor is, nor ever shall be a successful democracy. Simply because a democracy, in whatever form it is, is nothing but a preeminent to socialism. Interesting. Well, he can't have used the word socialism, did he? I, I think that's a modern... But, yeah, I got you. I got you. No, democracy, right, because what you're saying is what I was saying earlier, like what, wherever the dividing, dividing line is, you know, if, if there's a thousand, 100 people and 49 people are worth more than a uh, million dollars and 51 people are worth less than a than million dollars is the cutoff and you get 50 percent taxes. So, But Binkley wants to respond to you, Isaac. Go. I think that's well, a fantastic hold on. point. Hold on, Isaac. Hold on, Isaac. It basically goes into the situation where they just said is the people are controlled by the media. They are told what to think, how to think it, and what the outcome shall be simply because we are being dumbed down in this nation by a series of lies. Yes. And one of the main things I think should happen in America is, is command these folks that's in the social science department, you command them to find the missing link or get this garbage out of our public schools. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh, Isaac, you're taking me way down the rabbit hole. I uh, I'm there. I get you though. I mean, I don't I don't like I think of everything as um always refute, never dismiss. So people will laugh. You always think of this as the question of God. A certain generation, maybe it's the same age group, generation after generation whatever, will laugh at you for suggesting that the only articulable explanation for creation is uh is an intelligence an intelligent entity it's a reasonable you know it holds together let's talk about it and people laugh at you and i'm like don't, don't, that's fine i'll have this guy don't dismiss it <laughs> laughing is not an argument laughing doesn't make me look stupid it makes you look stupid uh binkley you had a response I think Isaac made a fantastic point about this being a republic. I think they intentionally confuse that, and they use the term democracy over and over and over again so that people who don't learn 
how our government really works, believe that it's a democracy and believe that it should be mob rule. Yeah, good point. I've got two two points to make about that. One is, regardless of whether we're a democracy, we act like we're out in the world keeping the world safe for democracy, that that democracy itself is the goal and that anything that we do can be justified, even destroying democracy can be justified in the name of democracy. That's what they say about Venezuela. Elliot Abrams says we need a democracy that represents the people in Venezuela. But my understanding of the Venezuela situation is it's a strictly haves versus haves not thing. And once you get democracy, you get what Isaac said, which is socialism, because they will make that, especially in a bottom heavy society population wise like Venezuela. But um, with so many, <laughs> so many hot topics, I'm happy to explore them all. But I want to get to some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jerry in Johns Creek. Hi, Jerry. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hey. Hello? You're on the air, buddy. Bring hey, it. sorry. No problem. Hey, just, just wanted to let you know, I absolutely love your show. Binkley, love you too, brother. You're informative. You you make everybody think about different things in different ways. I so wish you were on the on the air during the week, maybe four to six, something Whoa. like that. I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you, Jerry. much. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, I consider myself like closer to the uh, evening wind down mindset. <laughs> like three to six is about as early as I, I think I, oh, that four, yeah. No, I uh, appreciate that very much. And um, if you're interested, Jerry probably knows this, but we also do a podcast, which we're, so we, we put this show up commercial free. Thank you very much, WSB. We post this on Wednesdays and then on Thursdays, we post our podcast on the Prop Report, or you can go to propagandareport.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, or iTunes. So you can find it. Just type in Monica Perez or Propaganda Report, and you can find our podcast. And we're um, you should be getting two a week now, which might scratch your itch. I don't know. And then, of course, always follow us on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. So he gave you a shout-out there, Binkley. That's nice. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> You're underappreciated, so that's good to have a little, a little prop. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, actually, it does surprise me that there's so much low-hanging fruit for me to even address. In that, the it's so partisan, the media atmosphere is so partisan that neither side will point out the problems with their own side because they don't want to like Reagan said, the 11th commandment is uh, don't speak ill of a fellow Republican. So, but what that paradoxically happens. So the two things I can think of right now, we should talk about them is that nobody is defending Trump against the Mueller report by saying the Russian bots were Democrats, which would just end the conversation. I mean, just would end the conversation. It's all bull, but they're all playing into it. They're all playing into it. And then uh, this red flag law thing. We have a crazy clip of Trump, which we played yesterday, 
where he talks about take the guns first and worry about due process later. I want to play some of those clips. I want to play the clips of Lindsey Graham later. Maybe we'll do it in the third hour, the five o'clock hour. Because the so so what the paradox it sets up is that the worst things that the things that you least want, your party is the only one who can bring it. Because you as an opponent to it won't will fight tooth and nail against it when the other side comes. But people will never throw it seems to me like the majority of partisan voters will never throw their party under the bus because of these what I call in indispensable wedge issues. Now Obamacare is becoming one of them, but for us traditionally it's been abortion and gun rights that we say, well, I don't care. I will accept anything from a Republican or a Democrat if because the Supreme Court, those issues coming to the Supreme Court, I must have a uh, someone of my party in the Supreme Court. And and I actually think that is a sign that the Supreme Court has too much power. But the but that's where we have we're just paralyzed. We have a stranglehold because of this partisanship of these indispensable wedge issues. So they'll never be resolved. You can rest assured of that. And or if they were to be, they would be replaced by something else. So let's I want to play some of this. And then I want to do something fun. Let's take a call after the break. And then we're going to do something fun in the four o'clock hour. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. We're all a phase of guns. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm your libertarian uh, voice on WSB Saturday afternoons. Going to some phones. I'm going to go to Steve in Athens. Steve, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Listen, my comment kind of relates to what I think is going to play a big part next year in 2020. And as an independent, I've never been on the fence when it comes to Trump. Um, I thought it was a joke when I first heard he was running. I was like, oh, we're finally going to get to see it. Um, then the first time he spoke, I was I was on his side, and I have been ever since. But I know a lot of independents who have been on the fence. And I think over the three to six, last three to six months especially, the media um, has, and, and, and CNN mostly, has driven independents to Trump. Um, the more that they lied to you and the more that they blatantly lied to you and tell you they didn't lie to you after they've already lied to you and been caught, I think you see independents just running in droves towards Trump. And I, and I think next year the independent vote is going to play a bigger part in the election than it has ever in history. In 10 um, seconds, can you tell me why you think CNN is driving people to Trump? I, I just believe that the more that we see them lie, the more that they lie. To, right. The, 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 as much okay. as they lied about the, the Mueller report and to see things come out, I think people are saying, well, maybe everything Trump's telling us is the truth. Maybe these guys are lying about everything. We know that he's not the most. You know, the, the greatest guy out there, he's made a lot of bad decisions, but I think people are seeing that, that okay, the economy is good. And yeah, the economy, and he has credibility. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, let me comment on that after this break. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on 
News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. I focus on the biggest stories of the week, but never, never the same spin that you're hearing in the 24-7 news cycle. I actually try to see through the spin and get to the agenda behind the propaganda. And there's always an agenda, and it's all propaganda. That is what I have finally concluded after digging it. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where they never waste time on the very biggest, like the stuff that just basically when they're reading tear sheets off the the teletype machine from the Defense Department, you know that it's just an official narrative that has an agenda. I mean, it happens regularly. So I try to dig into what's going on there, and we were, we've were we been talking about the Mueller report, what I think is going on there, Jussie Smollett. Even Brexit was something I folded into one of the agenda items I see behind a lot of these stories where you hear of law enforcement pitting them, you know, being different branches of law enforcement or whether it's state, county, local, federal, being pit against each other. I believe that our faith in law enforcement i'm not i'm a, a hardcore libertarian i don't have faith in any government agents but i'm just saying generally the purpose is to undermine our uh our faith in institutions such as law enforcement and the media because this structure is based on our american experiment our self-limiting government our Uh, Checks and balances, whether it's between state and federal and all that, it stands in the way. It is not the 21st century legal architecture that Michael Chertoff, the Homeland Security former secretary, called for that that will undergird this vision of a future that is very different from what would emerge organically from just individual human action. And that is the stuff you can see it. You can see pictures of it. And that in the U.N., when you look up strong cities or sustainable cities, U.N. 2030, if you look at the World Economic Forum, the Davos people, go to their website, go to Bosch Foundation, go to these, these, it's probably true also for the Rockefeller Foundation and all that stuff. You go to these, these pages, these institutional websites, and you can see their vision. Their vision is about the very earliest U.N. document on this, Habitat One, outright says, we don't believe that land should be held by individuals. They want to make sure that you do not have the basic building blocks of life so that you can't you can't step out of the grid. I even think that's what Obamacare is for. It's the only thing I can think of that makes every single man, woman, and child register. And I just, I feel like this is what it's all about, is this high control. Uh, I, I did want to, but I want to lighten up. I want to do something fun, but I want to respond to a call I got before the break. So I'll respond to that in a second. But the fun thing I want to do is just to, I feel like we don't have enough time. We're on for three hours. I'm here with my producer, Binkley, and we have a lot of conversation during the week. We have a podcast, which you can find. It's called Propaganda Report. We post that every Thursday um, on iTunes or Libsyn, other whatever your favorite podcast app as you probably get it on there and we put this show the monica press show on wednesday mornings and we tweet a lot during the week i'm at monica press show and binkley's at freedom act radio but 
on a daily basis, we'll put four or five headlines out there and give original thoughts on what's really going on. We can't cover all of those topics in depth, but I want to hit on them. Now, just kind of do a little back and forth with Binkley about the headlines that caught our eye during the week and what our original insights are. But I invite you to join in. So if there was an important story of the week that you think you had an insight into, tweet at one of us now, and we'll just see if stuff comes up in real time. Uh, And I will say, but Steve, who called before the break, made a point that I think we should just kind of get out there for the record. He thinks that CNN is driving independents towards Trump, independent voters. And I have to say, I noticed it. My mother is like a bellwether of the memes that are rising around Trump. She's a huge Trump supporter. And she said the other day, people are going to vote for Trump because the economy is good. Now, that's an old James Carville. Is that his name? Uh, It's the economy, stupid. I got it. But then I heard her words echoed one after the other in mainstream outlets. And I thought that is she's right. She is right. And and Steve said CNN is adding fuel to that fire because they're driving independence away because they always have egg on their faces. Very interesting, Steve. Thank you. Because I was thinking that like CNN picked up this preposterous BuzzFeed story that Trump encouraged Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. It was it was stupid on its face, the BuzzFeed story, and CNN reported it, and I think even, like, doubled down. And and thing, when, when they get it wrong, the MAGA hat kids, Smollett, Mueller, all this stuff, they get wrong. So it's they're discrediting themselves in a very obvious way, and it makes me remember that Jeff Zucker made, who runs CNN, made Trump look like a liberal's worst nightmare, which got the Republican base behind Trump. But secretly, this was complained uh, about by reporters at CNN. He said to take it easy on him. There's hidden audio of Trump asking Mika and Joe to take it easy on him. And they said, okay. (laughs) Trump was asking, and they said, okay. So that's not CNN, but I'm just saying it could be that that the powers that be that are above and beyond the parties and the media, the left right psyop that we are that we watch, that we witness as theater, that they have a bigger agenda. And if I were to guess, well, I'll credit two other people with this guess. One was the day Trump got elected, I asked a Twitter follower, Tweep, one of my favorites at well, I don't know if I, I'll just say Dean. I'm not going to give his whole handle. Maybe he doesn't like it. But he said, maybe Trump's there. So how the hell did Trump win? And he said, well, maybe he's there for when the zero interest rate and perpetuity thing collapses. And it'll look like a conservative Republican was responsible for the economic collapse. That may still be true. And Binkley, uh, my producer here, has, and I've agreed with him in the past on this, that uh well, you, what did you have to say about the the Russian thing? And I'm going to bring in why I think that might be forward looking. Well, the Mueller the Mueller report has kind of 
given a given some breathing room, some air between Republicans and Russia. So before, when you're attacking Russia, you're saying that Republicans are also Russia, which would make the right reluctant to go to war with Russia. But now that the Mueller report has kind of freed them from that, it, it is going to be easier to unify the left and right to go to war against Russia if that's what they want to do. Right. OK, so I'm going to take that one step further and say it's actually Iran. I believe that the war is is that if there were a war that fit that bill, it would be uh, once removed, a proxy war, or I don't know what, with Iran. But you can see how the left reacted to Trump withdrawing from Syria. They complained about it. <laughs> what happened to the left that at least you can say they were anti-war? They complained about it for playing into Russia's hands because Trump was a Russian shill. So they objected to us stopping intervening in a foreign country. And now that the Mueller report is out, now I've heard pundits on the right say over and over again, including the AG report by Bill Barr, which echoed Mueller saying so far without evidence that the Russians do, in fact, interfere in our media, in our elections. So now everybody hates Russia. We're really being set up for that. So I think uh, – but the war I think they want is a war with Iran, which would be very ugly indeed. So I, I'm just trying to think why would the left – so I thought, well, the left maybe wants a Trump in there so that they can just – the pendulum will swing back and – it's like with Brexit. If the pendulum swings back, they'll probably have political union, monetary, maybe not monetary union, but the, but it'll give new life to the EU, just new life to globalism on that side of the ocean. But for us, you could have Trump actually not just being a pulling back the arrow of socialism that will let fly when he hits bottom. Like that's just an uh, – an idea that that the Democrats want it for the reactionary benefit of it if they were to have more Trump. But I think it could be a dual purpose where the powers that be above the parties do want specific things. One is maybe they have to reset the economic, the interest rates so that they have that tool in the future. And it's going to it's potentially going to be ugly to really reset it. Maybe not. Maybe they can do it gradually. I don't know. But it's possible that they, they'll allow a crash or a war or whatever, and that it took a couple of years for uh, or more than one term for Trump to be held fully responsible for all that if it really is a setup. Uh, I don't know. See, that's, you know, get, going down uh, the rabbit hole. Don't know if you're really diving there. in there. What, what? Really diving in the rabbit hole. I am, but there is a rope ladder. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in there with me, you can always get out. I'm not sure I can get out, <laughs> but you don't have to stay there. So, uh, but I want to, but I do want to lighten up. I want to have some fun and I want to give our views of a lot of the different headlines from this week. And please also call in if you want or tweet at Monica Perez Show, 800 WSB Talk or 404 872 750. Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on Saturdays on WSB. I'm going to go to some calls, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, 
I'm going to go to oh Jerry and Johns Creek. You're back with a substantive comment. I see. Go for it. You've got the floor. Yes, yes ma'am. Thank you. So we've had you know Trump had two years of the House and Senate. He could have pretty much done anything that he Republicans could have done anything they wanted in the first two years, and really got very little, if anything, accomplished. I know there were a lot of. They claim they passed 200 laws during that time period. But but the stuff that we really want, the immigration, um, Obamacare, all that stuff, we didn't, they didn't need Democrats' permission to do anything. And so my point is this. I, I think that Republicans and Democrats are very closely aligned in a lot of ways to the point where it's not really about legislating. It's about getting reelected. So the less you do, the less position you take and you make your positions known, the less you do, the more chance you have of getting reelected. Okay. And so uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts yeah. on that. And and then I had a little fun thing I wanted to share with you, a uh, marketing thing for the Trump okay. administration. All right. Hang on to and that. We, we have a sec. <laughs> uh, I would say that they – First of all, if you get accomplished what your voters want accomplished, they don't need you anymore. So I think you're right about that. I think that's why, like, the left won't allow welfare or uh, affirmative action or any of that, which I'm not saying those are the way I would solve problems. But if you were going to do it in good faith, you could actually (laughs) solve the problems. It might be wasteful or, or have elements of injustice, but you could solve the problems. They don't because that's where their power is. And then I would also say I think the Republicans really like second place. That is part of the theater, that they get to say they're fighting the good fight, take the place of anyone who really would, but then they get their kickback for allowing the welfare warfare superstate to grow unfettered. And then you've got about 30 seconds to give me your fun fact, your your fun thing. Okay, marketing idea for the Trump campaign. Donald Trump's face superimposed over Buzz Lightyear's body with the wings out. Keep America great to infinity and beyond. Trump 2020. <laughs> I have a feeling uh, they they might take that up. Uh, they I have a feeling they would make fun of that. But <laughs> so let's see though what what is a good one? Let's bigly think make America. I liked Kanye West's idea. Of just say, make America great. You don't even have to harken back to a previous time and just go for that, that we could just join together. Because I think Jerry's right. It's not like they're serving some ideology. They're not actually doing the stuff they're saying they're going to do. They could compromise and we could agree. But that's also not not an option. All right, let's get to our Twitter stuff after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. No. Never give up. Never surrender. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice Saturday afternoons from 3 to 6 on WSB. And we are talking about the deeper mysteries behind some of the big stories in the news, specifically Jesse Smollett and 
the Mueller report. I'm going to take some calls, and then we're going to go to some tweets. 404-872-0751, 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Ann in Roswell. Hi, Ann. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. What a pleasure it is to speak with you. Thank, well, thank you, you for, for giving the libertarian voice. Thank you so much. Great. I, I'm, I've just been wondering, I understand what Jesse Smollett was accused of, what he allegedly done. I, I get that. But what I don't get is why is the mayor and the police chief going so heavy after Jesse as opposed to the prosecutor. The prosecutor is the one that dropped the case. Yeah, that's they really have interesting. A lot more more yeah. power over him than they do over Jesse. And and they I read something interesting. This Tina Chen, did you hear about her role in this? She's, yeah, yeah. She yeah. worked for the Obama Department, right? Right. right. Uh, So on her and she also and this hasn't gotten much coverage at the same time. She is the one taking over the Southern Poverty Law Center. So Uh she's been in the news a little bit. But I looked at her wiki page and she is a childhood friend of Rahm Emanuel's wife. So I know. And so you look at this and you think, you know, he knows what's going on. He's playing both sides against him. He's such he is such the classic uh operator deep state operator and he's the guy who said never let a good crisis go to waste so i'm sure he's exploiting it and when i hear somebody when i hear somebody use an expression like not quite in the right way but it sparks racial inference so he said this is a whitewash of justice Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. isn't a real expression. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like and so I feel like what I'm calling the malignant subtext, this this the thing that was supposed to be damaging and hurtful about saying it just in that way. And it reminded me of the college scandal recently where where it's as if Rahm Emanuel is playing this guy with deep seated racist feelings who is resentful that Jesse Smollett is accessing white privilege. I mean, I don't I don't even like to talk about the race stuff, but this is just like too blatantly like designed to spark these thoughts, these associations, I think. But maybe I'm looking too deeply into it. No, no, I I totally I totally agree with you and I invite everyone to scratch below the fleshy light. Pull yeah. back the curtain. We're being played like a fiddle. Exactly. And it's not left versus right. It's not black versus white. It's us versus them. And if they exactly. keep us looking at each other about stuff that isn't really that important, then we're not looking at what they're really after. So thanks so That's much for it. the great call, Anne. I really appreciate it. thank you it. so much for everything that you do. I love that. I live for that. I live for it. Thank you. So, uh, so Binkley, let's on this positive note, uh, nothing in the news is really positive, but let's, at least we can, sometimes it's so heavy, you can't even make light of, of the obviousness of the propaganda. I'm going to, I want to play this game, this Twitter game. We started it the other day on one of our podcasts, which, um, you can just Google propaganda report and find it pretty much anywhere. We just batted back and forth. We had a volley of the tweets that we sent out. So here you go. I'm going to start. 
I saw this. I'm going to go backwards. So this was from today. I saw a headline. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a fan of a geeky economic theory called MMT. Here's a plain English guide to what it is and why it's interesting. I think it's monetary, uh, some kind of monetary theory. I forget what the other M stands for, but it's not your Milton Friedman type monetary theory. The article went on to explain that it's this idea that if you... If a country prints its own currency, your spending is limitless, that you should just print the money and spend it. And and I knew I was shocked and outraged when I read on her website a while ago, as soon as that Green New Deal came out, her website had a summary of it on there, which is where all the sound bites you heard, the outrageous sound bites about it, did not come from the actual proposed legislation. It came from her provocative summary of it. And one of the things in that summary was, how are you going to pay for it? The answer is, just like we pay for everything else, print the money. But I would like to point out that certainly in my opinion, and I feel like it's if it's not my opinion, it's common knowledge, that the greatest driver of wealth inequality is printing money, is inflation. And it started with Keynes and his fear of sticky wages. You might le- remember that from economics class. He said there's sticky wages, so you can't get people to lower their wages. But what you can do is print a lot of money so their wages are worth less. But you know what isn't worth less? Stuff. So if you're the guy who owns the stuff, so if you own oil wells, and all of a sudden there's twice as much money out there, well, your oil well is going to be worth twice as much. But before people realize that, the guy working at the gas station that's pumping out uh, a refined version of that oil is still making 10 bucks an hour for a while. And for him to get that kind of a, of a raise, it takes some time. You can literally wait till somebody's wages are inflated away. And I believe that's what her theory leads to, which is the opposite of what she says she wants. So there you go. That's my that's my thing. Now let's have one from you. But you mean just printing money changes the price of things? I don't. Maybe that's just a theory. But <laughs> that's crazy. End the Fed. Well, I saw something interesting, and I tweeted about it. The Mueller report might not be out yet, but you can go ahead and pre-order a copy of the Mueller report from the Washington Post on Amazon for ten forty-nine right now. Why should we have to pay for it at all? Don't we own it? Didn't we already pay for it? That's a, that's a good point. We did pay for it with our tax dollars, but if we wanted millions, it was twenty five million. Although people say Manafort is a foot in the bill for that. They oh, got Manafort's paying for it himself. Yeah, that, yeah, what they got from him happens to equal what it costs. It's just unbelievable. This thing is already being marketed on Amazon. Everybody is a grifter. They're all con artists. Yes, I think. I mean, that's a blanket statement. I cannot be held responsible okay, for that yeah, blanket yeah. statement. But um, <laughs> just kidding. No, but I I personally have believed for since Obama came out as being worth millions upon millions of dollars. I'm like, what the heck? And the answer was like, how did that happen between the guy the time the guy ran for office and retired from office? And the answer is because of his book. So, I mean, there will be more of his books sold than there are human beings on Earth probably at some point. And I always had this idea. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody in particular as if I know the answer. But I always thought, wouldn't it be clever if 
you, if somebody needed to kind of support you while you became their created person, their political person, wouldn't it be an easy way for them to get you the money that they, that you need by buying, having you publish a book, maybe even helping you write it, and then just buying billions of copies of them. I mean, it's really unlimited how much money you could funnel to somebody if you're willing to kind of pay a 50% laundering fee by actually buying a product. It's like a political version of a sugar mama or a sugar daddy. Yes, but there's a waste in it because to launder it, you have to buy their books and then dump them in the ocean or whatever. Give them to every library, like a double (laughs) multitask deal. All right, so let me see if I've got another one. Um, Oh, here, I just tweeted the Wikipedia entry for totalitarianism, and I wanted to read the paragraph because there's so many things that I feel are, are burgeoning that are in this paragraph. It's a political concept of a mode of government that prohibits opposition parties. I would say our uniparty is headed that way. People are dropping the name of parties in some places. Restricts individual opposition to the state and its claims and exercises an extremely high degree of control over public and private life. It's uh, uh, all-encompassing propaganda campaigns broadcast by state-controlled mass media. They're marked by political repression, personality cultism, control over the economy, restriction of speech, mass surveillance, and widespread use of state terrorism. I feel like a lot of that stuff is, I certainly see that stuff happening as when I pull back the curtain, I see those things there. I fear them. Yeah, everybody <laughs> sees that on the left or right in their opposite. As the other. This is what I try. So I tell people, this is my like a little trick I play, and it bums my husband out because sometimes it's at like parties where people are just not <laughs> in the rabbit hole with me. So I'll say, yeah, how about those uh, Republicans, huh? Like they're just so corrupt and they just lie about everything and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I heard that so-and-so. The Democrat is really a Republican. And they're just like, what? I'm like, no, like a Republican pretending to be a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then people are just like, that blows. Well, like, how can that be? You know what I mean? Yeah. And my point is just to show them that just because somebody says that they believe all the things that you believe doesn't mean they're not capable of being just as corrupt as you think the liars on the other side are. Yeah. It's worse if the liars are on your side, isn't it? Meanwhile, your husband's going, you can't do that at parties. Oh, I told you what he said <laughs> after the first time. He took me to really big, the like Grammys or whatever. He said, taking you to a party is like bringing my pet hyena. <laughs> <laughs> the question I got to ask people is, how close do you want to get? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Isn't that great? So I found a picture of a T-shirt that actually said, uh, some, some very clever T-shirt that said, um, always be yourself. Unless you can be a hyena, then always be a hyena. <laughs> like, what was the likelihood? I was looking for hyena t-shirts because I thought specific. it was so funny. He loved that. Anyway, so. I got people... one more. Yeah. Can I just tell you that oh, it's go ahead. pretty sporting of me to let my husband call me a hyena? I think that is pretty cool. That's <laughs> rare. Uh, anyway, okay. Just having fun. Yeah, give me one more. Chris Evans, Captain America, is who that is, the actor, says that he cannot play Tom Brady in a movie if Tom Brady still supports Donald Trump. What I want to know about that is who is he punishing by making that decision? <laughs> I never heard Tom of Tom Brady? 
Does Tom Brady really want Captain America to play him? Is that? Uh, I actually wondered that about Bradley Cooper when he played American Sniper. I thought this guy, I think he, he has to be making a conscious decision to embrace a political image. Yeah. To do that. You know, I really do believe that. But this is what you have taught us to be virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Right? Captain America is a huge virtue signaler on Twitter. It's obnoxious. <laughs> the actor who plays? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's. I think this is fun, and I've got uh, plenty more. And then in the, in the next hour, I do want to out Lindsey Graham for his gun control legislation. Oh, his gun control legislation. Well, are you kidding? Oh, <laughs> hey, man. That's all I care about. I, I, uh, Asangu. This is Monica Perez, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at us at Monica Perez and at Freedom Max Radio. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I'm going to go straight to the phones. I'm going to Sunny in Canton. Hey, Sunny, you are on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Hope you're doing well. Or you sound like you're doing great. Yep. Um, I, I, I like and I'm listening to you. I, I get so much out of your show. And one of the things I, I hope I can pass on, something I learned from a great dad, um, I'm, I'm a, the type of person that there, there's so much noise from every direction and very few people, I think, hit the nail on the head, which I include you as being one of them. But how do I get rid of the noise? How do I find that one place that I can stand and make a decision on, you know, and this is whether you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, it doesn't matter. And that is this. When I'm deciding about what's going on with any candidate was the one one of the few things, many things my dad taught me, and that was this principle. What you do speaks so loud, I can't hear what you say. That is great. And that's what I wondered about my mom. My parents did not like when Donald Trump would embarrass his wife with his soon-to-be next wife. And then all of a sudden my mother's this huge Trump supporter. And I and I was just surprised by that because I thought they lived by that. But I, I'm not trying to bash Trump <laughs> at all. I don't I don't mean to do that. And um, I can't really give you a rebuttal, Sonny, because I got to go to a break. But I have, I do think that that matters. That character does matter. They say that it actually hurts Republicans and not Democrats because Republicans set that standard and Democrats don't, so they don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think it is food for thought. Thank you so much, Sonny. I'm going to get to Richard after the break and more tweets. Uh, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. Here with my producer, Binkley. Binkley, do you know who that was at the open, my third hour open? Who was it? Did you hear it? Open your mind. 
Do you know who it is? No, I didn't hear it. Oh, it's you hear it all the time. Open your mind. Open your mind. It's not the Matrix. No, the second hour is the Matrix. Take the red pill. Is it the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes, yes. It's Total Recall. It's Quato, the mutant that lives in the belly of another mutant. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a chimera. Unfortunate place to live. Yeah, it's not good. He's not. He's not happy. But he has psychic abilities. Anyway, I love these. I realize now I didn't mean for like all of these drafts to be sci-fi, but I just love <laughs> sci-fi. And because sci-fi is probably what they call predictive programming, like they give it to you to get you used to the concepts, like Minority Report. Great, great movie. Gets you used to the idea of pre-crime. So uh, it always it always tells you what's happening. And I always find that prescient. But of course, it's probably planned. Anyway, just love sci-fi can't help it um but i'm gonna take a call and then i want to talk about red flag gun control from the right i'm going to richard in norcross hi richard you are on with monica well thank you very much for taking my call uh another good movie is deja vu anyway, i don't know that one. Oh, that's with uh, denzel washington great it i've seen it a couple of times this past week it's really good oh i'm totally watching it asap thank okay. you um <laughs> I, and I've got more than one question, but the first one is if there should be some investigations of, let's say, the upper echelon of the FBI, DOJ, Hillary, are there statute of limitations for some of the supposed rules, laws that have been may have been broken? I think there's a statute of limitations on anything but murder. Well, but I, yes, but I mean, is it is is it too late? Is it too late? I don't know about that. I'm a little rusty on the specifics of those laws. I did go to law school, but I don't even know if I... They, you know, law school does not actually teach you laws. I understand. <laughs> you know? Um, so... Just, uh, just knowing, just having the investigation and knowing the truth would be awesome. Obviously, if some of these uh, people could be... Uh, go to prison, uh, because after the Nixon plumbers... Some of those people went to prison, and we haven't had anything from the Republican side like that for 40 years. Somebody needs to pay dearly for these well, kinds of supposed breaking of the laws. I think, yeah, I think that there's a kind of understanding. I read this about the 80s that going after uh, Reagan, the Reagan administration for Iran-Contra was considered – not okay, like a total breach of protocol in Washington. And mm -hmm. that's why they, the Republicans went after Clinton for Whitewater or Vince Foster or Monica Lewinsky, whatever you want to say, is that it's just not done because, no, it's like Operation Fast and Furious. Everybody's hands were dirty in that. And, and so I wouldn't even trust an investigation. I wouldn't even trust that. Okay. Another, um, if this being a, democracy slash republic right is there a rule law statute or whatever or is it just understanding that if one person complains or one person says they are offended it affects 330 million people in other words one father complained that his son or daughter was offended either by the uh, pledge of allegiance or prayer in church and therefore i mean uh, school and therefore it's cut out for 300 million people I, mean, I yeah, I think I think that the the First Amendment 
is overread when it comes to religion, that it, it says very clearly, unlike in basically <clears throat> the rest of the Bill of Rights, it says very clearly, Congress shall make no law establishing religion. I always have the Constitution <laughs> in like within arm's reach. Uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It says Congress shall make no law. Now, the 14th Amendment says, uh, I think the 14th Amendment is what makes laws in the Constitution apply to states. Uh, you, you know, it says, shall that any, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, uh, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Um, I think it's read that, that states can't violate the First Amendment, even though it is very clear to me that it is strictly applying to Congress. So... I think it's a states' rights issue. I think it's a Tenth Amendment issue. That's called the police powers. I think all that stuff should be a states' issue, or even smaller than that. What you get, the reason those things are problems is that we have all these public spaces and public, like public school, all this stuff that's considered public, public square. All this stuff should be addressed at the very local level, subsidiary. It's called subsidiarity. So the family, the church, the community, whatever you're engaged in, your apartment complex, if you guys want rules, you do it the way you want to. And and you don't have to make these blanket rules for everyone. And once you start uh, making these rules, then everyone has to agree on everything, which is why you want it at the state level and not at the federal level. So like the gay marriage thing, it wouldn't have mattered, except for then you have anti-discrimination laws, which means that you can or cannot discriminate against certain people or make certain restrictions for adoptions. So everyone has to agree on everything when the government decides that uh, something's a protected class or whatever. So that's why I think that the libertarian view, and it's even a Catholic thing, that subsidiarity should be the rule. Always do the closest to home as you possibly can. Uh, that is, so, oh my gosh, that leads directly into that clip seven of Lindsey Graham. So last night we opened this, uh, we started talking about Lindsey Graham and the red flag laws where if there's a red flag thrown up, if somebody accuses somebody else of having a mental problem, the law enforcement law enforcement or their family and friends maybe or anybody can, can go to a judge and ask for that person's uh, rights to be abridged, abrogated, an articulate caller said last night. So, so I'm talking about how you want the states to be in control. And you might have you might recall when when the states used highway funds, the feds used highway funds to force every state to adopt a 21 year old drinking age. And Lindsey Graham tells us that's what he's trying to do with this red flag laws because there isn't an appetite. I mean, this is not a guy. This is a guy who's clearly pushing an agenda down and not responding to the people he's supposed to be representing. So I want to talk about this whole thing, and I actually want to play every one of the clips I have of his. This is the longest. Let's start with this, and then we'll get 
uh, tomorrow as the show progresses. But this is clip seven, Binkley. The right to own a gun under the Second Amendment with mental health issues that are far too prevalent in society and we do not have enough capability to deal with the problem. And there are times, like in the Parkland case, where if the law enforcement community had these tools, they could intervene and they could do something about it. And my hope is that what we will do up here in Washington is I think passing a federal law is probably beyond what the market will bear, but create an incentive at the federal level for states who want to go down this road, making sure that the laws are meaningful and that there's due process for the due process for the people who may be on the, 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 in the court situation, but try to give a nod to the states that this is working in some states. Come up with an idea that's unique to your state. And if you do it in a, certain way, uh, the federal government will incentivize you. And I think that's the best way, at least initially, to solve this problem. I have a few things to say about that. First of all, if you think when people say, oh, there's a conspiracy that they are crazy, you are crazy. He's doing this is what he's doing in public. He's talking about manipulating legislatures of the state with federal incentives whatever he could mean by that, laws, money, whatever. If you don't think that they're coming out with much more sophisticated stuff behind the scenes, there were definitely more intense, more detailed, more telling hearings or meetings or conferences behind the scenes before he came out with this. This is very planned out. This is something that he's talking about comes out of Parkland, which was a year ago. And who knows what was the backstory of that, really? Because he's saying they, if they had only had these tools, then they could have stopped Parkland. Dean, uh, the aforementioned tweet, tweeted to me right away last night when I played this on the air that Graham misses that, in fact, they did have the tools. And I believe that one of the families is suing because, for damages because they did not. They, they, it was dereliction of duty, I guess. Or I don't know what the actual charge. And then – and this – be aware. He's like, there's due process. Mike Pence said the same thing. We'll have due process. It's not due process. There's going to be a process. But the process that is due to you is in the Constitution, is in the Bill of Rights. Look at what the process is that is due to you. And I would say it is that your rights, your liberties, your property, your life, none of that can be imposed upon without a jury trial, first a grand jury maybe, and then a jury trial of your peers. So it's not due, it is not the process that is due. It is just process. And that can be anything, especially if it, the process is law enforcement can appeal to a judge and that's enough to disarm you. And, and who knows what, you know, they, what if they have an agenda? which, of course, is the point here. I want to dig into this a little bit more. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I have a prize pack for you. The American Crawl Space Solutions Weekend Prize Pack is a pair of tickets to see Brian Adams on his Shine-A-Light World Tour. Saturday, May 11th at Amaris Bank Amphitheater in Alpharetta. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. First person to call 404-741-0750 gets that prize pack. I was a little distracted, though, because I thought I just saw a headline flash that it is 
pet adoption day at the governor's mansion? Is that today? That would be pretty cool. I can't go to those things, though, <laughs> because I would come home with a puppy. And I definitely can't take my kids because they would badger me nonstop for, like, every one of the puppies. Anyway, so uh, I want to – oh, let me – do I have enough time? I don't. I, David, you uh, – I'll have to hang on. He wants to talk about modern monetary theory. I'm going to see if he can do it. Can you do it in 30 seconds, David? 30 seconds? I can do it, I can do it quickly. It's Go. a scary thing that they really believe. It's, you know, kind of like quantitative easing on steroids. But if, if you think about it, everything there that the far left says makes perfect sense if the government can just print unlimited money – and they think we're just holding out on them and not letting them do it. They out of evil. You have... I'm sorry. Out of evil, just out of evil. Like there's yeah, a just pile of mean. free money. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And they do believe that you have to have taxes to stave off inflation. But they essentially believe that since it's a fiat currency, there's nothing stopping the government. Ooh. Oh, sorry, David. Sorry. I'm going to... Uh... To a hard break. Um, I'll rebut after that. It's this is Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On News 955 at AM 750 WSB. David before the break pointed out that this modern monetary theory, which I mentioned in passing because Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or Sandy from the block mentioned uh and she doesn't say she's a, in my opinion, she's a very created person like Stacey Abrams. She's there to play a role for the elite. She's whatever. Uh, so I shouldn't have taken it lightly. And I haven't really dug into that theory. It's about spent. You can use everything. You can government spending can come out of printing money. And that's that's a way to really enforce wealth inequality because asset values go up while wages remain flat. So you, unless you own stuff, you can't withstand that kind of inflation. But then David was saying they also tax you. So they really control, I imagine, uh, the structure of society. I think I ought to dig into that a little bit, maybe give myself a special assignment and come back with that. I can't, uh, I just don't know enough about it. But I'm glad David alerted us that it's something that we should keep our eyes out for, what what to watch out for. So I do want to play these clips of Lindsey Graham. But, yeah, let's do it. Let's do – this is what – he talks about the red flag laws. Um, maybe – let's define it. Okay, let's do clip four. Is it, can I ask for them out of order? Give me clip four, Binkley. Did I throw you off? Going to come take your guns, and the answer is no. Nobody's going to come and take a gun from you, but there will be a process for law enforcement and family members uh, to petition a court to say that somebody in your neighborhood or somebody down the street across town is about to blow. But they do take your guns. They definitely do. And... uh and and here's the thing. This kind of stuff does not happen overnight like that. There's there's always a long trail. 
And that is what what happened with this Parkland case, which they're using as the launching off point. And this is why I go down the, the rabbit hole. You hear them plotting to force these policies down our throat that we don't want. And then you see these stories come out. They never or rarely have, if ever, a absolute 100% open trial like OJ, where you can watch them. Let's watch this kid's trial on TV. I'd like to see it. And I would like to really understand it because I don't believe what they tell us about these stories that they end up using to serve policy purposes. I just feel like they spin it. Uh, whatever the actual facts are, they'll pick and choose from in order to support what they've already got in the hopper. I mean, didn't Biden say that he composed the USA Patriot Act? And But it didn't. It couldn't get passed before 9-11. I mean, they're waiting. They're laying in wait for a good crisis or even provoking one. Who knows? So, uh, I, so I was saying earlier before the break that they talk about there's always that he and Mike Pence are both like, there's going to be due process. Let's, let's actually play the Mike Pence one. Like this is, this is Trump and Mike Pence a year ago, right after the Parkland thing. It might've, when you're in a state of shock, these things go over your head, but they get embedded in your psyche. Let's listen to it with a clearer head. This is the Trump-Pence back and forth. Which clip? <clears throat> this is clip one, it should be. Do you see it? Oh, you don't have it written out. Sorry. The focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. Allow due process. So no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but all, any any weapons in the possession or of that Mike, take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. You gotta wonder if Trump is really that that aw shucks about this. What? What did I say something wrong? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. No, no, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Let's take the guns or let's do the due process after. Let's take the rights. I mean, I think they wrote it wrong <laughs> in the Bill of Rights because, you know, it says something a little bit different. But you know what? You know what? This is compromise. you got to <laughs> wing these things sometimes. I mean, is this guy for real? Uh, you don't have to answer that question. Definitely opposes what Mike Pence was talking about in that moment. He opposes? It was definitely seemed uh, uh, the opposite of what Mike Pence was saying. But it wasn't. It was one-upping Mike Pence. Yeah. Mike Pence was like, let's let's set up a – see, and, and this was my point, actually. I was sidetracked. Mike Pence was saying there's due process, not due process. I love what Pliskin tweeted me about Thomas Saz the libertarian psychiatrist who points out what was so obvious. I actually personally had a, um, my family had this experience. My sister is very tragic. I'm not going to get into it, but she was committed, forcibly committed. And it was really, you know, you can look at it as a philosophical crisis. When I was in the moment, she was clearly too ill, in my opinion, to like, she was in the right place. But 
it's so what was the answer like i didn't know what the answer was there <laughs> it's so obvious this guy said you should have a trial a jury decide and maybe you don't have i, I don't know what the method you know what could satisfy that kind of due process but i believe it needs to be your peers needs to be your peers you cannot give the authority to the state to take away any of your liberties or property even i'm not even a fan of eminent domain so it's not due process it's just a process <laughs> and it's not a process i approve of so did we do yeah did we do clip two where where lindsey graham says what the process would be let's hear clip two this hearing today is to examine red flag laws for uh, lack of a better term. We're trying to identify people in our communities that are exhibiting uh, pretty extreme behavior in terms of mental health issues where they become a danger to themselves and others and allow law enforcement and sometimes family members to go to a court to say this person needs some help. And we need to stop violence before it occurs. Uh, there will be a robust due process component. We'll have a witness to talk about the kind of due process you need to make such a determination. Yeah, well, let's hear the details, buddy. The kind of due We'll figure out the kind of due we'll process figure it out. Don't worry need. about that. What Trump said. Let's do it. I, I think we can all just take Trump's word for, you know, let him figure it out. Due process, schmoo process. Exactly. And we, you know, it's just, it's this concept pre-crime. I don't know if you've heard about this. You want to, you want to stop the crime before the crime happens. Oh, it sounds like some smart policing. It could be. It As could opposed be. to it, what they were previously doing. I don't know. You know, um, one thing I forgot to mention is that we're going to need uh, cameras everywhere all the time in people's bedrooms, the bathrooms. And you know what? That's okay because with the transgender bathroom thing, everybody wants cameras and bathrooms now, right? So we just need 100% surveillance all the time or we're not going to be able to to do these pre-crime things. So he, it's, they, he talks about crazy things too in that clip. There's a lot in that clip. One of the things that I noticed about, and and we heard earlier where he said, each state should do his own laws. Well, Colorado has one of these coming down the pipe, and it says, and and it's not people on the verge of doing crazy things, ready to blow. It's a judge has to decide if there's a preponderance of the evidence, which is a very low bar, that a person could harm him or himself or be a significant risk if he has firearms. But, I mean, I would say there's a large proportion of the population who thinks firearms are the significant risk. There was a story speaking of that about saying that Alex Jones admitted that he it was psychosis that caused him to question Sandy Hook. I think that what? they could start using if people believe in conspiracy theories. Oh, absolutely. I actually had that in my notes that what is mental illness? They're they're equating. They, we read an article we were you and I were tweeting about um a British study that that says Conspira people who are prone to conspiracy theories are also prone to petty crime. They yeah. happen to have a disposition. And I was really working hard. It's actually virtually impossible to get that study. I had to like take screenshots of it because it's it may be correlated, but I can tell you the more a person goes through the the absolute highest levels of education, the more committed they are to the structure of society as it is. 
And, and the also... less likely they are to commit petty crimes. True. Yes, that's very true. Major crimes, yes. They're more probably more likely to commit a major crime, Jeffrey Epstein style, but a petty crime, no. Yeah. You could also look at people who've committed crimes and go into their background and find a conspiracy theory that they once believed in because everybody has believed in one at some point in time. Because everyone has witnessed one, especially a petty thief. Hey, you go around the back and I'll go in the front. (laughs) That's a conspiracy to commit a crime. They know it's true. Yeah. There's a, a, a many different, but you could also say they're a criminal lunatic because conspiracy theories indicate <laughs> criminal, dangerous criminals and lunacy. And as the um, anti-defamation league guy said when he was giving that award to Tim Cook, he's helping us stamp out dangerous anti-government conspiracy theories. But the founders were the biggest government conspiracy theorists. What do you think the Bill of Rights is about? Because the government is going to conspire to use trumped-up charges to silence us politically. That is, read the Bill of Rights. It's all about keeping the government from putting you in jail for having political views. So that's why people are, like, of course, rightly defensive of the Second Amendment. But I don't think that's what—I think if it comes down to that, it might be too darn late. What I want to defend are the Fifth and Sixth Amendments. Yeah. And crackdowns on conspiracy beliefs and questioning are going to increase as we get closer to a war. Well, you did make that point when we got purged from WordPress, and I agree with it totally. Because if you if you don't realize it, thousands of people, if I if I'm estimating correctly, got purged from WordPress, and the and the and the theme was not terrorism or hate. The theme was questioning anomalous facts questioning facts that were truly anomalous with that did not fit into the official narrative of events real facts in evidence it was absolutely they they actually it seems to me they targeted the people who made the most sense not the loons because you can find like really crazy stuff a lot of anti-semitic stuff Survive the purge. A lot of real, like, Michelle Obama's a man, you know, like, stuff like that. <laughs> people, Some people are like, she is a man. <laughs> I don't. She has children who look like her. But um, that stuff, survive, like, I find stuff that's absolutely, well. like, Kamala Harris is Jussie Smollett's aunt because Jussie Smollett's mother's last name was Harris. Right. But, <laughs> no, Ka- Kamala Harris. I looked at it. was very clear. That it's a crystal clear she's not related to him in the f- most cursory investigation no but she is in the knights templar well you don't know she's in the knights templar but she has she has associates who are knights templar what is that episode number can you tell i can tweet it all right so we binkley uncovered some crazy stuff of course gets no press uh but it's not going to make our conspiracy theories look valid they're going to make them look kooky but you got to listen to it because it is kooky and maybe it's out there to make stuff that isn't evidence sound kooky. You know, I just, I never know. That's what I'm saying. Like the stuff that's out there now is, I believe, primarily there to discredit people who don't believe official narratives. Let's wrap it up after the break. We probably got uh, another um, tweet or clip to to kind of put the cherry on top. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're wrapping it up. 
Hey, to tell you, I love that WSB lets us post this show commercial-free. We do it on Wednesdays, and we're also uh, making Thursday the day that we release a podcast. So that's two hour-and-a-half shows that you can get. Uh, it's the Propaganda Report on Libsyn or iTunes, um, a lot of different podcast outlets. So check that out. We'll be back next Saturday from 3 to 6. And... I want to play one last clip from this uh, Lindsey Graham thing. Play clip three. One of the reasons we're having this hearing is because of Senator Blumenthal. Nobody has been more passionate about trying to find a solution. Uh, It's not the solution that he would prefer sometimes. It's just doing something rather than doing nothing. Dude, that is the most terrifying (laughs) philosophy of government I've ever heard in my life. It's better to do just do something rather than nothing. I mean, we have power. We might as well use it. It might not be what you want, what anybody wants, but just do something. (laughs) I mean, just what does they say about Batman? Not the superhero we deserve, the one, but the one we need. Desire, need. I don't know. That's what that reminded me of. On that deep thought, until (laughs) next time, thanks, Binkley. This is Monica Perez.